You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hello, hello there, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. It is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So... I am sitting in my office, and I think it's about to summer thunderstorm outside. So if you hear noise, that's what that is. Um, I am here. I am bringing back India Jackson of India Jackson Artistry because we're going to try something new. Hey, Indy. Hey. So we have conversations. Uh, we obviously have quite a few of them with each other, but we have a lot of conversations with other people in a way that we think that it's, it's valuable to share this information with you because sometimes other people may have the same question as you. And I think that it can really serve a great purpose to begin to normalize it so that you don't feel as though, oh, I'm the only person thinking or feeling this. And, you know, it can kind of make you isolate. So we want to really bring awareness to the fact that you are not the only one that is thinking or feeling these things. And we want to answer those. So we are going to try some rapid fire Q&A today. We're going to share the questions with you. We're going to kind of give some answers for you. And we're going to try to be as unfiltered as possible. So you can get the real and we can kind of see what happens. So what do you think, India? Sounds good to me. I'm excited. Yes, I know. I'm like, yes, something different. Let's do it. So I'm going to have you start with the first question. And I'm going to have you answer then I'll chime in. So go for it. Ooh, me answering first on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I will protect the innocent and not use their names. Um, but mm-hmm. somebody asked, could you explain the importance of EQ development? Which full transparency, I was like, what in the world is EQ development? Are we talking about equalizers? So I looked it up <laughs> and apparently it means emotional quotient or emotional intelligence development. Um, and my thoughts on that or the importance of it, I feel like it goes into personal life and in business life. Um, if I'm not emotionally intelligent enough to be able to observe when someone feels uncomfortable or to maybe kind of sense what's not being said, 
Um, number one, it makes it hard to develop a stronger friendship if I'm looking at personal life. Um, and if I'm looking at professional life, it makes it harder to sense like what their needs are. So I think that developing that area is super important. I think it's something that we're not taught in school and gets neglected. Um, and I think that for many business owners, it's something that can get forgotten, um, especially if we're not taking courses in that area. But I've also seen on the flip side that surprisingly enough, like I have a family member that is pretty high up in the federal government and they take classes on it all the time. So I think it is really, really important. What are your thoughts? Uh, it is 185,000% necessary. I think that it is something that should be taught because I think without emotional intelligence, then it can hinder your ability to um, really connect with and have that empathy and understanding for uh, the other side of a conversation. It's not even just in the sense of something that is really deep or really big or really emotional. Just being able to show up and be present and be on the other side of a conversation to be able to say, oh, okay, I understand, I hear you, I understand, to where you kind of know what's next. Because part of it is understanding, but the other part is what do you do with it? Because mm -hmm. I see a lot of people where it's like, mm-hmm, you might have heard what I said, and you may have even acknowledged me. But then you just kept it moving and did something else completely unrelated and I don't understand how that just kind of stopped. So, you know, if you're in the middle of a really heartfelt moment and someone just kind of says, oh, okay, and just kind of bops off, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wasn't done. Hello. And that's a big part of emotional intelligence as well. It's, you know, having that intelligence for what you do in those situations or those conversations, but what do you do next? I definitely think it comes into play with what both of us do. Um, obviously, with you being a coach, it's all emotional intelligence there of being able to hear what's not being said, process that, um, and then kind of navigate through it. And I've also found for me, it comes into play with like sales calls. Many times people are asking for a service we provide. Um, the number one thing I get asked for, believe it or not, is headshots or branding photos but half the time that's not exact, like you don't, you didn't need the headshot or you didn't need the product on white or the studio shot. Like what you actually needed is images of your product that formed an emotional connection with the audience so they could see themselves using the product. Mm -hmm. But that's a part of, that is a part of that emotional intelligence where you're paying attention to more than just the words. It's, it's no different than, when someone chooses to have um, a coaching session and they're coming in the room with XYZ as their challenge, in many, many cases, that is not your challenge. And it is the space for me to coach you through arriving at the awareness of what the actual thing is. And then what do we then do subsequently with that? How do I then support you for figuring out how do you then tackle what is really the thing that you need to address? What do you do with that? And part of that emotional intelligence is being open to saying that maybe this isn't what's wrong. It's like if you're cooking 
it might not be the spice. It might not be the ingredient. It might be the pot. It might, your elevation, like you see stuff all the time. It's like, oh, certain elevations, you got to shift stuff. So if you are so busy trying to have tunnel vision looking at this, well, the thing that you really need is slightly to your left, but you wouldn't turn your head to look. (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's an area that can easily be overlooked, but when you begin to develop your emotional intelligence, um, whether it be through working with a coach, a psychologist, whatever, um, taking courses, it can impact every area of your life, both professionally and personally. I've seen it like be a huge asset to have, um, especially if you're in a sales position, if you're in a customer service position, um, if you're in a leadership role. But I've also seen it go wrong. <laughs> So I will say do not neglect this area because when I've seen situations where like you're trying to network with someone and you realize on the first coffee date, like, oh, this is not going to work. It's the lack of emotional intelligence. Or when you're trying to build a a more personal friendship with someone, um, usually where I see it go wrong is lack of emotional intelligence. Like literally I've had someone in my family just died and like, oh, well, that sucks. Um, do you remember my birthday is? No, <laughs> no, wrong. No, emotional intelligence can go real wrong, real fast. <laughs> no. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, no, no, no. And but that, but you just made another good point. Emotional intelligence is forward-facing as well as an eternal skill, an internal skill. It's what you do with others outside of you, but it's also how you process stuff on the inside. Because part of what you say is based on how you processed it or lack thereof. Yeah. (laughs) So it's important for all aspects of processing and communicating. Agreed. Um, Anything else that you want to expand on emotional intelligence? Oh, I could talk about emotional intelligence all day, but (laughs) I'm I'm going to leave it there. I think that there's definitely space there to revisit it, but I would actually like the listeners to tell us if it is something that you would like us to expand on. So remember, this episode is your episode. This is your space to say, hey, I want to talk more about that or that one thing you said about that one thing. Yeah, let's go there. Mm. And let me remind you guys, Erica and I are both on Instagram and we get a lot of DMs. So we're checking them pretty frequently. If you ever have a question that you'd want us to dive into on the podcast, pop it into either one of our DMs. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Communicate with us guys. Okay. So going on to the next question, am I answering this one first? (laughs) I can answer first if you want me to. I got it. All right. You got first on this one. All right. Um, how does public image help a person who isn't in the public eye? Yes. I like this one. It's a great one. Okay. First of all, let's define public image. Public image can be, but is not limited to owning a business, um, being the head of an organization or a group being a celebrity, being an influencer, uh, being very visible on social media, whether that's through words or through um, images of yourself. Um, 
public, it's not just those things. It is how you show up in your house of worship, whatever that looks like. It is how you are a parent, how you are a neighbor, how you are a friend, how you are a spouse, how you show up in any capacity with any interaction with others, but it starts with yourself. Because if you don't show up for yourself, then it's going to absolutely impact how you show up for somebody else. But I don't want people to get caught up on the fact that, oh, I'm not, you know, a, a Kardashian. I hate that example, but you understand where I'm going <laughs> if I use that one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a politician. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Bill Gates. I'm not a Beyonce. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. You don't have to be those things in order to be in a place of influence. You don't have to be those things in order to be a leader. The most impactful leaders are the ones you don't see. Because, oh. <laughs> my ah. on that, because you don't have to be validated in order to lead. You don't have to get the pat on the back in order for what you did to now be real because somebody saw it. That's not what that means. When you are raising a child, the things that they usually, you know, they become an adult and they say, hey, I remember this. You're like, shit, I don't, but okay. I hope it was good. Like, you don't realize that. You know, when you are in a, in a workplace, some of the most impactful things were not things that I mentioned to people. And unfortunately for me, I've had a lot of what not to do's. I didn't always go back and tell them, hey, you suck because you did X, Y, Z. But your lack of leadership did point out what I would do differently. So it's not always what you think it is, but at the same time, it's everything that you didn't consider that it is. Because it is simply a way of being. And it starts with how you are with yourself. And then it trickles over into how you are with others. Um, can I just co-sign? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, my thoughts on it, and I think it goes back into the phrase brand. Your brand is your public image. Your public image is not some abstract idea of you. It's not your pictures. It's not your captions. It's what other people think of you. And as long as you are a human and you know other humans, whether you choose to talk to them or not, you have a public image. So I, I think that being mindful of your public image and developing your public image is important whether you're in the public eye, quote, air quotes, public eye, or not, because you're still in the public eye every time you walk out of your house. Yep. Bottom line, every time you interact with another human, that is the public, is it not? It's not even just walking out of your house. Nowadays, we do so much on the phone, on the computer. People work from home. So you did not leave your home, but you're still 
in a position of having an image. Exactly. So I don't know. The question is interesting. How does it help a person who isn't in the public eye? Um, I don't know if I can answer that directly, but I can say that being mindful of it and really considering what your public image currently is and what you may want it to shift into does help people, whether they're famous, whether they're on social media very much or not. Um, And a little side note, something that comes to mind for me on this is people who are on social media, but they never really post anything and they're just kind of lurking. That's a public image too. Like, yes, (laughs) yes, you've created the public image that you're a lurker and you don't contribute to the conversation. (laughs) And you're, you're letting fear lead your actions. Yes. It, it, it can come off as if you're afraid to contribute, whether it's, you're not sure what to say, you're not sure uh, if you have a space to aid and speak, um, if you're not sure how to frame it, you don't know how to interact with the people in the room, you're afraid of being chastised, which sometimes can happen with um, some of the people on my side when it comes to talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're like, I can't talk in this room, so I'm going to lurk. And maybe in this space, you're a lurker. Somewhere else, you are the leader but you have to look at maybe how that balances out when you really weigh it. So I think for someone that's not in the public eye or you don't consider yourself in the public eye because that's your perception of it. Um, So real or perceived when you work on your public image, that can be a space for you to audit how you're showing up and for you to have the ability to then make adjustments if you choose to. Agreed. Um, And I I think it, the other thing that comes to mind for me is that no public opinion of you is still an opinion of you. You can have multiple opinions and those can be true and valid for all of those individuals. At the end of the day, you have to decide what rings true for you. And if you feel as though it's not, then it's just space to shift it. If it does, then you can say, okay, I feel like I'm moving in ways that do work for me. But I think there's always spaces to to figure out whether or not it works. Because just because somebody says it, it doesn't mean that it's not true. But that also may not mean that there's not some truth to it. Yes. Um, I, I definitely think that that brings me back to if I had to make it spiffy, it helps you decide. Do that. <laughs> it helps you take back control over what the public's opinion of you is, even if the public is just your neighborhood or the people you share an office with, because no public image leaves a big fat question mark. If I were to make it spiffy, I'm going to go with the fact of take ownership of your public image in any capacity or someone else will. Mm, Yes. Slow motion on that side. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) For those of you that don't know that quote, we listen to Infinite Waters. (laughs) Maybe a little bit too much. The cat down the road. (laughs) (laughs) The cat down the road says, move on to question number three. No. (laughs) Okay, question number three. How can a public image be marketed, especially if a person is simply ordinary? Mm. 
I want to know what ordinary means to this person. They haven't answered back yet. Most individuals are never in front of cameras and don't know people who are. So they may not know the values of a public perception. You want me to tackle that one or you want to hit that one first? Um, I can hit that one first. Okay. I think that people believe that marketing is like fancy graphics and logos and color schemes. And while those things are important, um, you're marketing yourself every time you show up. Even if showing up is lurking and not saying anything, um, even if it's you and your messy bed hair doing Instagram live, when you show up, that's marketing yourself. And I think that we are able to market ourselves by just showing up. I mean, it's really that simple. Show up. Have something to say that means something to you. Um, Share what's going on in your life if you feel comfortable with that or what you're working on. But that is marketing yourself. And I think that we can sometimes attach the idea of marketing to being like a business thing or an influencer thing or a podcaster thing. But it's an everyday human thing. Like if you're looking for, say, for example, you're looking for a new job and you work in an office realm and business or in government contracting. You still have to apply for jobs. Do you think that they're not going to go search your social media presence before or after the interview? So in marketing yourself, you have the opportunity to build connections with people who may be able to be a great referral or reference for something. Um, But you also have the ability to attract the type of crowd to you that you want to show up in your life, whether it be personal or professional. And you don't need a business to do that. Um, This person uses the word ordinary. That word stands out to me because I think that many times we can look at ourselves as being incredibly ordinary. Um, They also say that they're never in front of the camera or many people are not, so they don't know the value of public perception. But it just concerns me that I think that many times we play small, and I'm guilty of this too, to where we don't realize just how much other people look to us as setting an example. Um, Other people look to us as a way that they could kind of take on the traits that we have and how we lead and the things that we talk about. And I think we all are less ordinary than we believe that we are. There's something unique about each person. And that really, to me, is the thing that if you want to say, how could you market yourself, market yourself with what makes you unique and makes you you, because there's only one you. Let me see. I'm trying to think of where to start, because this is a very layered question. So It is really layered. It's a lot of, so let's, I'm going to first go back to the marketing piece for a minute. So marketing, like you said, it's not just business and marketing is just simply how you present yourself in order to gain or repel because sometimes you're repelling things, something that you do or don't want. So like you said, getting a job when you're trying to find a significant other, if you're trying to, you know, gain friends. If you are at a networking event and you're trying to gain, um, you know, connections, this is marketing. 
you're just marketing yourself. You are a commodity. You, you, you are not a commodity in the sense that, you know, there's no emotion or feelings or things that are connected there. But you are the most precious commodity out of anything else that you're going to have. So if you're going to market a website and a business, why does marketing yourself then become something of less importance? Because that's the starting place for all of it. And, you know, if we go into that ordinary thing, okay, so I think the word ordinary has somehow gotten this bad, you know, brown paper wrapping, boo, bland wrap. And I, <laughs> I don't, I don't buy it. And I am going to go back to a conversation that, you know, we had in the Brave Society, which is one of the groups that we're in that I absolutely love. And this conversation was started from a pretty simple place of me just kind of asking a question. And as we all kind of jumped in and answered, and it, I mean, I think at this point it's got over a hundred responses in this thread. I mean, it's huge. And one of the things that we all kind of, I think, noticed at some point was that some of us were saying the things that made us different. And yet what kept happening is, is that we were all showing up in similar ways, but yet somehow, you know, for a lot of us, we'd be like, oh, I'm just ordinary because I do this. And it's like, but we're not ordinary. We're all doing things different. And yet we don't realize how these things are more common than what maybe we've, we even realized, but we weren't talking about it. So we didn't know. So Ordinary is a word that I think can be steeped in unawareness mm -hmm. and a lack of dialogue and connection because if you talk, you're going to probably realize that you have more in common with someone than what you realize. And whether or not that's ordinary or, or, or it's something that's completely left field, it's all extraordinary because it's coming through your filter and that can only happen by you. Nobody else can do that. But let's not make ordinary this stamp to put on something to make it less important, less valid, less necessary to pay attention to. Nobody is so vanilla that they don't matter. And that's what I feel like ordinary can maybe trick people into believing. I agree 100% on that. So I think that, you know, it is very important to remember that marketing is simply how you show up. You know, I'm going to use that phrase again. I use it a lot. You know, it's how you show up for yourself and others. And, you know, just because you're not in the public eye doesn't mean that <clears throat> you're not marketing yourself for something, somewhere with someone or something. And that whether or not you choose to consider yourself ordinary is absolutely your choice. However, do not let that negate that there is only one of you. I think what comes to mind for me is if I had to look at my life, um, the people that have had the largest impact on my life were not necessarily in the public eye when they were having the impact. And some still aren't and don't ever choose to be. And may even see themselves as being ordinary. 
but they marketed themselves or their public image that they had in the way that they lived their lives. Set an example for me that I looked up to. Because ordinary is not tied to impact. And I think that it came up in the Brave Society where I went down a full-blown rabbit hole. We won't do that today. <laughs> but I honestly believe that ordinary is an illusion. It really is. I think that to a degree, we are made to believe that most people are very vanilla, but you dive deeper into the most vanilla, cookie-cutter-seeming people and you find that there's something about them they're doing out of the norm, even if it's something as simple as you know, being a two-parent household with kids, but you have one car or you chose to get rid of the televisions. It's something small, but it's not what society would tell you is a norm. Mm-mm. All of us has something that we're doing that's a little bit outside of the norm that we attach to society, which makes me just wonder if society's norm, society's ordinary, is an illusion to begin with. Refer back to slow motion on that side. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) Soapboxes are wanted and necessary around here. So (laughs) let's do one more. One more. Okay. Uh, How can an individual improve their public image? That is a very big question. So maybe we could just do one or two things each. Okay. (laughs) Because we could go on about that for like 20 podcasts. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how can you improve your public image? Um... Number one, I think you need to identify what the standard is. So if you're trying to improve it, then you first need to know what it is that you're um, aspiring to or trying to reach. And from there, you can identify what shifts need to be made. But you first need to know, what am I comparing myself to? What is the standard that I'm measuring this against? And number two, in how to improve how to improve your public image of course my automatic thought is to stop looking for stop looking to others to validate it but I don't even know if that's necessarily the case because um, this is what happens when you have a con- a question and I don't have the full context from the person yeah, no context yeah um, well, if it helps this is from the same person as the last question Okay. I'll say that you can improve it by finding the space to like, what is the space in which you can live as authentically as possible while still maintaining your boundaries in order to feel comfortable in how you show up. So I think you want to live in integrity with who you are and how you are and what you're presenting. And, you know, because what you're presenting is what people are going to perceive about you. So I think that in doing that, you want to make sure that you're coming from a place of integrity, but also uh, honoring and respecting your boundaries of not having to make yourself completely 100% open to the world if you don't choose for that to be the thing. So it's, it's you know, moving through that integrity and showing up in a way that does actually feel good to you. Hope that made sense. 
Ooh, those are great answers. And they're in a little bit different of a direction than my mind was going. So That's even good. better. That's awesome. Good. <laughs> my thought is um, really to, and I'm curious to know your thoughts because you're a coach and I'm not, but my thought is to start with an audit of your public image, like ask some trusted sources, what do they think about you? If, and maybe even ask one or two sources that don't know you personally that well, because you can't improve on something if you don't know what it is. And we all have blind spots. I can assume that my public image is one thing, but reality might be very different. Yes. So like for me, I kind of look at it, I looked at it like, you know, figure out what you're measuring it against. But you're also, you know, it's not about what you perceive about it. You're trying to figure out what is being perceived. So yes, you do have to ask those things and you have to be willing to be unattached to the responses. Mm, that's a big one is definitely being unattached. Because if you don't, yeah, because you don't want to put yourself in this place of now um, feeling judged or criticized or ostracized or anything that, uh, you know, kind of, takes out the entire purpose of why you did what you did. You're, you're trying to find this information and it's simply information. Don't attach the additional significance of this being more than information. Let it be just that. Don't internalize it too much. My second thing, if I had to give a second one, would be to just show up. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because I think that, and maybe this is just me speaking from the bias of the type of people that I encounter and come to me with questions or um, are looking to redo their brand and the things that can come up with that. But I find that many people that want to improve how they show up aren't showing up at all. Like you can't improve something you're not doing. This is where you have to show up imperfectly. You don't have to be perfect at it in order to start. I like that analogy of, I want to lose 20 pounds, but I can't start until I lose 19. No. No. You start now, you start where you are, and you allow that to be a place from which you can measure progress. I'm a firm believer, and it's better to show up and perfectly, and maybe even make some mistakes along the way that you got to apologize for than to not show up at all. You can't learn, you can't grow, you can't build the audience or the opportunities that you want if you don't show up. Well, then let's be honest, you're going to make the mistakes no matter what. Some mm -hmm. may be forward facing, some, you know, may not be out there for everyone to, to see, but you are going to fuck up somewhere and that's okay. That is where you learn. That's where ahas come from. That's where growth and expansion comes from. Because if you don't have the space to understand that there is something that I want to shift, then you don't have that opportunity to evolve. Evolution comes from a need to grow. And without that need to grow, you stay stagnant. Nobody benefits from that. And I don't advocate that for anyone. Mm. Just saying. So now you got me on a soapbox. 
but definitely showing up. Yes. And evaluating where you are, where you currently are from somebody else's perspective, not just your own. Agreed. And take it with a grain of salt, do what you will, keep moving. So I think, I think this is pretty awesome. I like this. I want to do more of this. Yeah. I like the question and answer session. Yeah. Hmm. This is awesome. So as always, I want you to have takeaways and I want you to share those takeaways. So just like we had these awesome individuals that opened up and they shared their thoughts and they, you know, allowed us the space to give our take and, you know, two cents on them. You know, we gave you our thoughts. So now I want you to chime back in um, and tell us if you have additional questions, but I also want you to tell us of the questions that we answered. So I think there were three. Of those questions, what is it that you want us to go further into? Tell us what we can do for you. Just saying. Mm. Just saying. I have a feeling we may be launching something new coming soon. I love to help keep this conversation going too. And I love <laughs> the idea of that. I'm like, yes, let's do it. So you guys know that I love talking. You know that conversation is the exact catalyst that I'd love to use for change. So I want you to come on over to Instagram, visit me at Erica Corday, or come on over to the website and and go ahead and book your uh, tea time chat with me so we can talk about this. Drop me an email, however you need to connect with me. Also come on over to India over at the India Jackson so that you can share with us how these things are showing up, if they're showing up in life, if they're showing up in business and understanding that there's a lot of overlap between the two. So tell us what you think. Tell us what we can bring back to you and we shall return. Thanks, Indy. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Pause on the Play is one iteration of how we use conversation to create connection. Our one-on-one calls is another. This is where you can get support on how your beliefs and values around diversity, equity, and inclusion are showing up for your business, how you vote with your dollars, how you are sharing your message to let people know that you curated a space with them in mind, that you want to talk with them and hold space for them to have a seat at the table. Hop on over to ericacorday.com today and register for a complimentary tea time chat. These are our connection calls. So we can hop on, discuss your needs, and create a plan of action that's personalized for your brand to further its evolution. The conversations we have here are to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change in connection, cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. If you enjoyed this podcast, show me some love by subscribing, sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings and actions. Speaking of keeping it going, if you don't already follow and engage with us over on Instagram at Erica Corday, come on over there and do that. I really want to talk with you, so DM me and let's do this. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time, and until then, keep the dialogue going.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From Implicit to Explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?